0: welcome to i thought i'd be rich by now the podcast for millennial women to talk about our lives and our media obsessions i'm your host deborah thank you so much for joining me today so as we're here to talk about our obsessions the person i'm most obsessed with is quite simply myself i mean i have to be i'm gonna be with myself for the rest of my life right as i've said i'm turning 35 this year and since i was a little kid I would always get so excited to see my birth year printed on anything. 1986 baby! So this episode is for all you 1986ers out there. Let's get into it. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to have to cover some sad stuff and we're going to get it out of the way early. The two most major events that happened in 1986, like world events, were really terrible. Sorry to start this on such a downer, but here goes. First off, is the Chernobyl explosion happened on April 26, nineteen eighty six, which is almost exactly one month before I was born. As you all know, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant had a meltdown. I think that's how they described it. It was an environmental disaster, and sadly, people died, and there were far-reaching consequences because of this. For those of you who are like me and who had always heard about Chernobyl but never really understood what happened there watch the Chernobyl miniseries by HBO. It may seem kind of slow at first, but the payoff is totally worth it. The screenplay was excellently written by Craig Mason and based on the book Voices of Chernobyl by Svetlana Alexievich. I always find it interesting that a show or movie about a real event can still be really thrilling. I mean, you know ultimately that the very bad thing happened, but a well-written and acted story can still have you biting your nails off, sitting at the edge of your seat, feeling that sick to your stomach, feeling like a good thriller should, and this miniseries delivers that. This is not really a spoiler, but I am kind of letting you in on something, so if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead. I had read a little bit about the show on uh, some online forums, and somebody had... Um, kind of talked about a certain scene in the movie that like left them feeling uneasy and so it's a part in the show where a person who has been exposed to the nuclear radiation is presenting a reaction to it known as acute radiation syndrome so ars the viewer described like feeling horribly and disgusted while looking at that part of the show and that made me nervous because I am very much not into looking at medically like gross and graphic stuff whether it's real or fake from a movie the the scenes in this show that show that and it's not like a ton of the show at all um it was worse than I expected Gore is one thing and I think we're kind of used to seeing over the top gore of like someone's intestines hanging out of their body and you know like a war movie or something like that um, but maybe because this looked so real and according to nurses that were on the ground at, at the hospital like where um, victims from Chernobyl were brought to they said that this mini series apparently did a really good job of showcasing how a patient with those symptoms would look so it was like it was really disturbing um some of those images from the movie I'm glad I saw them but they were like oh my gosh that's so horrible and you feel like imagine seeing someone going through that in real life like that was insane so do yourself a favor don't search online about ARS and the symptoms of ARS unless you're totally into really weird gross medical stuff but if you're not into that, do not search that. This series is an A plus for me. It stars Jared Harris from Mad Men and The Expanse. And he's like a stellar actor. There's Stellan Skarsgård, patriarch of the f- most famous Swedish family of actors. Emily Watson and Jesse Buckley are also in this. And this is a series starring a bunch of Brits and a Swede about a Ukrainian slash USSR disaster. That's the one weird thing about this miniseries is that you start watching it and you realize nobody has a Russian or Ukrainian accent. They all have British accents. And I know that comes from, I think, like the old school, um... Like theater productions and and everything was kind of british oriented and english oriented but yeah it's a little bit annoying when you first start watching it that you're kind of like why didn't they you know attempt to make it a little bit more authentic with the accents so but i mean i eventually got over it and i was able to just like you know immerse myself in the show and, and i totally forgot about it and and the show is great in every other way, but I'm sure if you are from that part of the world or if you're Ukrainian or Russian, you're probably going to be a little bit annoyed when you watch it. But other than that, I would highly recommend it. So next up on the list of horribly sad world events that happened in 1986 was the Challenger disaster, where NASA's space shuttle Challenger broke apart mid-air a few seconds after it launched, while the family and loved ones of the crew watched this. This all happened live on television and this explosion killed the entire seven person crew of the Challenger. I know that this was a major event around the world because so many people were watching live and I know obviously it was a major event in the United States uh, you hear so many people that are probably like in their 40s and 50s now talk about like being in class and having a teacher wheel in a tv or going to the auditorium to watch it live it was just such a big deal so you had lots of kids watching this live on tv and had you know and stories of teachers like quickly turning the tv off realizing you know something horrible had happened and you know probably knowing most likely that every single Astronaut they just watched get into the space shuttle, and and the astronauts that you've been talking about in class and all over the news for weeks are all dead at this point. So it was just another one of those, also like major, major TV moments where you know the world's watching live as this incredibly sad and horrible thing has happened. There is a documentary series on Netflix called Challenger, the final flight. I have not personally watched it as of yet. I do plan on doing so. So I can't recommend it myself, but it has a pretty high rating and I've read, you know, a few good things about it. I've also wanted to read a book about The Challenger as well. So if anyone has a recommendation for me, please let me know. I've read about a few different books online. I can't really figure out which one would be right for me because I've heard about some that are very... Technical based um, and about, it's it just seems like more of a technical scientific side, and that's not my background. I want to be able to read something and enjoy it and immerse myself in it. And I'm not opposed to something that's a little bit complicated or hard, as long as I'm able to still get through those parts and get to like, you know, um, areas of the book that really explain to me the disaster and what's happened for a regular layperson like me to understand so if you have any recommendations please let me know okay we got the sad stuff from 1986 out of the way uh, so a very very happy thing <laughs> really good thing happened in 1986 and that is the oprah winfrey show was launched i always remember watching oprah Um, Coming home from high school, I think it was around the Dr. Phil era. As a teen, I'd be kind of bored, you know, with the inspirational and spiritual type conversations and episodes. Those weren't for us anyways. But I love the interviews with celebrities or real people who had interesting lives or if um, they had like, you know, an episode, even with the Dr. Phil stuff with like crazy family drama, you know, family drama is always fun when it isn't your own. And just to, you know, to watch that on TV And who could forget Oprah's famous My Favorite Things episodes? I'm sure you know what that is, but if you don't, it would be an episode that Oprah would have around Christmas time. The audience wouldn't have a clue that this is the Favorite Things episode because if you knew when it was, everybody would like sell their child, you know, their firstborn to get on this episode. And it would be because Oprah would start unveiling her, or unveiling her favorite products and you know recommendations what you should buy people for Christmas, and if she say recommended um, like a new iPod or a new very fancy cookware set, every single person in the audience would go home with that item. So it was just like the most amazing giveaway episodes of all time, and obviously the most famous one Oprah is known for was when she gave every single audience member a brand new car that will go down in TV history as probably one of the most watched you know talk show daytime show episodes ever and so I loved watching those episodes but also like so jealous like why can't that be me but I loved watching the Oprah show (laughs) this next thing that came out in 1986 is probably the most iconic on the list top gun came out a 24 year old tom cruise cemented himself as a superstar in top gun i am mainly mentioning top gun for someone in my life who loves top gun and loves 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 tom cruise I personally only saw this movie when I was maybe 22 or older, actually top gun is obviously a classic, but to me there are lots of other Tom Cruise movies that I prefer. I don't want any hate mail. I do love a lot of Tom Cruise movies, but just top gun maybe because I didn't watch it when I was younger. It's just not a a big favorite of mine. there are just so many Tom Cruise movies. The last Tom Cruise movie I watched was American Made. That was really good. And I kind of feel bad that it didn't get as big. I mean, yeah, I'm feeling bad for Tom Cruise. Well, wow, he's so hard done by. But that was a really good movie. So I think that should have been a bit bigger than it was. Um, all the Mission Impossible movies. I watch at least one of the Mission Impossible movies every year. Uh, just obviously, you know, really good fun action movies with amazing amazing crazy stunts we all know Tom Cruise is insane with the stunts that he does in those movies I used to watch like I remember there was a year or two of my life that I watched Mission Impossible 2 the one with Tandy Newton like I don't know seven or eight times in a year obviously collateral with Jamie Foxx and Jada Pinkett Smith is Just a classic movie that was such a great movie. Minority Report, that's a classic movie. A Few Good Men, obviously, with Jack Nicholson. Everyone loves that movie. Die Another Day or Live, Die, Repeat. I always mix up the title because I know the book title was different and they change it for the movie. That was with Emily Blunt, and that's the movie that a lot of people were mad with the marketing of it because fans loved that movie, But it didn't do as well, um, at least in the North American market, as it should have for being such a good uh, movie. And I didn't read the book, but apparently it's based on a really popular book. So if you haven't seen it and you think you've seen, you know, all of those kind of big superstar Tom Cruise movies, go um, rent and watch uh, Live, Die, Repeat or Die Another Day. I forget the actual title. But yeah, there are so many to choose from. Speaking of Top Gun as I'm sure you know Top Gun 2 is coming out if you're not into action movies and you haven't seen the trailer I would suggest to go watch the trailers for the new Top Gun 2 it's called Top Gun Maverick I think there were two trailers that I saw I like to think of myself as a trailer guru and these were insane like we're used to seeing you know fighter jets and like all kinds of stuff like that in movies and you just get used to it these actually even blew me away i was like wow the cinematography and you know whatever maneuvers are doing in the fighter jets like the it was really good whoever did these trailers was worth the money and of course they're going to get the best of the best for top gun 2 it's only like 35 years in the making <laughs> also i think tom cruise is one of the last of the movie stars from my growing up years so when i say that i think like tom cruise will smith julia roberts denzel washington halle berry tom hanks like that era of people brad pitt like, all of those people, I think, that were, you know, they're they're all still, like, massive um, stars. But when I was a little bit younger, they were really in their heyday. I mean, Tom Cruise is, like, almost 60 years old. And he obviously still looks amazing and is doing, you know, and, and is still actually making more movies than even a lot of those people. Like, a lot of them, you know, took Tim off. Good for them. Like, they, I mean, they can. They have... Tons of money, and they can just go off and have kids and have a family and and do that if they want. But Tom Cruise has steadily continued to make movies, and so to me, I think of him as one of those people, like the last of the movie stars from my era. I sound like such an old person, but yes. So I always have like a soft heart towards those actors, just because they're the ones I grew up watching in movies. When I think of what a movie star is, I usually judge them by if your mom knows who they are and if they could be featured on the cover of a tabloid. So that just signals to me that they're so broadly known that you would find them, you would find your target audience at a grocery or big box store. So, side note, what are the tabloids going to be for Gen Z celebrities? Like, are Gen Z people going to buy magazines? I haven't bought a magazine in forever. COVID-19 didn't help, but even before then, I can't remember the last time I bought a magazine. I used to love to see pictures of the cast of the OC, Brad and Angelina, Brittany, and Instagram just kind of killed that because celebrities just post pictures of themselves anyway. So I think someone should write their PhD um, on how celebrities killed the industry that made them yes please send that to me if you write that maybe we'll do a deep dive one day into if a generation z tabloid could survive who would be on the cover billy eilish willow and jaden smith bts tiktokers that i don't know please fill me in if you know any gen z people let me know would they buy a magazine i don't know <laughs> so some other very very notable movies that came out in 1986 ferris bueller's day off starring matthew broderick and jennifer gray i haven't watched this movie in forever but i did watch it quite a bit um probably between the ages of like 10 and 12. so obviously that's a classic aliens not to be mistaken with alien aliens is the sequel to alien obviously starring the great sigourney weaver it's about aliens everybody should watch it obviously both movies are great okay so in american tale this animated movie came out in 1986 and i'm only mentioning it so i can talk about the sequel to it i watched the sequel to this animated movie called american tale fievel goes west I watched Fievel Goes West over and over again with my cousins for years, not realizing that it was the second movie, Um, not the first. So I watched an American tale, the one from 1986, way later in life. But they are both such sweet movies that will bring a flood of memories when I watch them again. So I know that everyone loves Ratatouille, but Fievel was the original little animated vermin that stole my heart. I love him and his family. Okay, some notable books that were released in 1986 include John le Carre's A Perfect Spy, Stephen King's It, The Babysitter's Club books, and Sweet Valley Twins, which was the spin-off from Sweet Valley High. I read some of the Sweet Valley Twins novels way, way back in the day. I don't really remember them at all, but I did watch the TV shows. Also, I always find it super weird that I didn't get into The Babysitter Club books, I found a couple of them in an old childhood box that I had full of stuff recently. So, it, I like I might have read the one or two books that I had in there, but other than that, I really didn't get into those books and I don't know why because they were like I was definitely the target audience for those books and I read a lot when I was that age, so I'd have to go back and try to figure out what happened there, but I did read Sweet Valley. Also, I did watch the Babysitter's Club movie when I was a kid. And I just always remember thinking, oh, the teen kiss in that movie was so risque. Like, I hope nobody sees that I'm watching this bad movie that I'm not supposed to. It's like the most tame stuff ever, obviously. But I went back to just quickly rewatch that just to refresh my memory, and I'm like, the girl's 14 in it. I'm just like, she's so young. And I remember when I watched it, I would have been younger than them. So I was like, wow, look at the cool, older teen girl having a kiss with a boy. Like, uh, such a big deal. And now you look back, you're like, these people, these are literal babies. (laughs) I'll let you in on a secret. Since I started preparing for this episode and actually recording it, I turned 35, so I'm speaking to you from the other side. I was once young, now I am old. Right before I turned 30, my first gray hair popped up. Like, I thought it was a joke. I plucked that thing from my head immediately. It would come back every few weeks, but I kept plucking it. My head stayed overall gray free for the most part of the last five years seriously it was just every like once in a blue moon or every few months I would see kind of the same like gray or two and just rip them out and it was like my body realized that my fragile ego could not handle that at 30 like at least for me I was too young at that point however mother nature is no longer holding back I'm serious, I'm not joking, right before my 35th birthday, around 10 gray gray hairs popped up on my head, like all over, and I have a lot of hair, did these gray hairs pop up at the back of my head where no one could see them, you know, under layers of hair, or at least where I wasn't assaulted first thing in the morning when I look in the mirror by seeing them? No, they popped up at the very front of my head all over. Like there's no escaping this wave of gray hair that is starting to claim my head. My head and heart are at war right now. I am torn between multiple feelings, including vanity and laziness. I don't want to have to think about dying my hair on the regular. I don't want to have to add something else into my routine you know, overall for something like gray hair. And I have a lot of curly hair. If you have curly hair out there, you know how stressful it can be just on its own, just trying to take care and maintain like untamable, like crazy curls. So I don't want to add something else into my hair routine. Like that actually makes me mad. But I know a little part of me dies every time I see how visible these hairs are. And do I wish I was a much bigger and stronger person for this? Absolutely. But I am who I am. And like, that's my feminism fighting back, telling me I don't have to conform to society standards of how women should look. When I call myself old, I am partly joking. I know I am not old. And even if I were, that obviously doesn't define my worth. It is not a bad thing. And I will most definitely be old one day. It shouldn't have the negative connotations attached to it but we all know that it does and I am just going through and processing going through all of this right now. Also, men go great and don't give a second thought about it. Like, why do we have this pressure on us? Why do I have this pressure on me? I could go into a full on rage rant at this moment about how men are allowed to age on tv and in public versus how women are basically not allowed to but i'm keeping this light and fun and nice and i won't go on the rage rant that is in my heart today at least also a lot of women look amazing with gray hair they look like themselves now just with gray hair Some are even lucky enough to have it grow in so well when they get this like big streak of gray in the front of their hair like they intended it to be that way or they get like a good overall cover on their hair so it's really like mixed in there. It looks even. I just wish I could say that I am a strong enough person to accept whatever is happening to my hair or to my body or whatever and that I won't weaken and get die for the gray, but I am merely human. So we shall see. I will keep you updated on this ever evolving, super serious issue in my life. Anyways, happy birthday to all you ladies turning 35 this year, all you 1986ers. I hope that you do something special for yourself, girl. Whether you have loved ones nearby or not, whether you have a significant other or not, Take the reins and do that thing for you. I love you, 1986 babies. We were born in the best year ever. We were the last people alive to have some of our childhood without the internet. We had to rush home to catch our favorite TV shows or wait for the music video to come on MuchMusic or MTV. We had Pogs and the coolest new technology in Tamagotchis. We chatted as kids with old men we thought were teens on AOL, ICQ, Yahoo chat rooms and MSM Messenger. Before Facebook, we were on MySpace, High Five, Black Planet, Asian Avenue. We survived Y2K. We read Babysitter's Club, Goosebumps, Animorphs and Harry Potter. And when I say we, I don't mean me because my family was religious and I couldn't read scary books with demons and witchcraft, but I was still nominally a part of all of that. We called on our friends by riding our bikes or just walking and showing up at their houses and knocking on their doors. We could eavesdrop on phone calls by super quietly picking up the other house phone. We had to use long distance phone cards to speak to someone in another city or province or state or country. No one had cell phones. So our parents had to put an amazing amount of trust in us and our community that we would arrive home safely every night. Also, we didn't have cell phones to text each other, so we passed notes in class and in the hallway to get caught up on who liked who and all the other school gossip and drama. We got bullied and bullied others, but face to face and not cowardly and anonymously on the internet. We got through the satanic panic. We watched OJ drive that Bronco and witnessed the Toronto Blue Jays win the World Series back to back. Happy birthday, ladies. 1986. We out.